Welcome back to the Moose Bros Podcast, where we bench star quarterbacks on our fantasy teams just to keep things interesting. I'm Harris, Huncho Harris on the gram, here with my brother Armin, Armin Moose on the gram. We missed our week three recap. We're ready for week four, so let's get to it. So, did you watch last night's Thursday Night Football game? What'd you think? I didn't watch the game fully, but I did see the ending of that. Uh, and I watched the highlights of the game. Uh, what's his name? Threw like three picks. That guy, that <laughs> what's his name, Ripian, and like kept the Jets in it the whole time. Sam Darnold was running for his life. He had like zero chances, and he was making some great plays. But the ending, I think, to me was like the weirdest part, the most puzzling part. They're down two scores, and Adam Gases uses all his timeouts, and then Fangio opts to like pass the ball and you know, throw them out of bounds or whatever, and they get those two pass interference or the roughing the passer penalty. And then after the game, Fangio didn't want to shake hands with Adam Gase. And a lot of people, from what I see, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he should have just shook his hand. But, I mean, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, that was was pretty shitty. Because, I mean, I think there was five personal foul penalties all game against the Jets defense. And that's, that's fucked up, especially at the end there. I don't know what he was trying to do, thinking that the quarterback can throw a nine-second pass, because that was like fourth down with nine seconds left, and he just tried to throw a bomb to like run out the clock, and it was offsides, and like the quarterback got wrecked, but they didn't call the personal foul, and then on the next play, they did the same exact thing, just tried to like chuck the ball up, and the quarterback got fouled again. So, it, I mean, Fangio has all the right in the world to be pissed, and he didn't want his players shaking hands. He didn't want to shake hands. So I don't blame him. I mean, it's a shitty thing. And people are saying that, you know, this isn't Adam Gase's fault. This is Greg Williams' defense. Guess what? This is Adam Gase's team. He should be responsible for what Greg Williams is doing on the defense. So this 100% falls on Gase. The fact that the Jets are sucking so bad falls on Gase. And I don't know how he has a job. I know before the game, the stories came out that he's not going to get fired regardless of the outcome, but he should be gone. I have no idea how this guy has managed to keep his job. Yeah, honestly, he should be gone after this because they're 0-4. They're, the playoffs are, playoffs are out of the question before this season, let alone now the way they're just a complete dumpster fire. And like you said, the head coach, regardless of you know if it was the defensive side of the ball, if it was the special teams who did that shit, He's ultimately responsible for those people excelling because he puts the coaches in that position to coach the players. So ultimately it falls on the head coach. And he probably could care less. He's over there fucking smelling, sniffing salts, getting high out of his fucking mind. He probably had no idea what happened. Um, And it was just absurd to me. I just think that, how, like you said, how does he have his job to this point is beyond me. He should have never got, I mean, like everyone's saying he got his job because of Peyton Manning. When he left Peyton Manning to go to Chicago, there were the 21st ranked offense in the NFL. After his first year there with Jay Cutler, they were the 21st ranked offense in the NFL. He didn't make them any better. Whatever offensive genius he had was not there. He goes to Miami, and progressively they got worse. And by the time he left, they were the 32nd ranked offense in the NFL. And then, and then you look at the players who he coached, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, undoubtedly having the best season ever as a player for him. he had, I think he led the league in passer rating when he took over for the Titans last year. 
led up to the AFC Championship. I mean, a lot of that was Derrick Henry, but regardless, he played a lot better than he did in Miami. You look at Devontae Parker, who had his best season last year when Adam Gase was not there. And then you look at Kenyon Drake, who went to the Cardinals, and undoubtedly for like, I think he had like 900 all-purpose yards or whatever it was for eight weeks of football when he left Miami. So it's like if you look at the players he coaches and like the product he puts on the field, other than having Peyton Manning, who was probably calling his own goddamn plays at the line, none of that, I don't know like how he finessed his way to be a failure, still get a job, fail again, and then get another job. He's failing right now, and he's still there. Like It just makes no sense. He definitely has the nudes of the owner or something. I, haven't, I don't know what the hell he has to have his job. And I get like historically the Jets have not um, fired their coaches midseason. They've always let them play it out. But you have to do something like. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it would be a miracle if he comes back next year. So why not let him go and see what you have left with the coaches? I mean, I don't know if Greg Williams is going to be a good candidate for a coach, especially after last night's showing. But you know, I I don't know who, who's their offensive coordinator. Do you know offhand? I actually don't even know offhand. But uh, yeah, I but mean, just see what you have with coaching, because obviously Gates is not coming back next year considering the performance through the first four weeks. Right. And then to look at like the case with Greg Williams, uh, when Hugh, when he became the coach for Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield looked like unreal. That, I mean, that could happen for Sam Darnold, right? If you get uh, another coach in there, uh, you know, he is responsible for that defense, but being a head coach is a little bit different than a coordinator. So if he's just better at a head coach, for the Jets than he is for the, than he is as a defensive coordinator. Why not give him a shot? Maybe Sam Darnold puts out film that allows you to either know he's not going to be the guy or he is the guy. That's something we could work with. But keep adding Gase in there. He's inevitably going to get fired. What does that really do? And the only thing I can think of is like torturing him. Like if we all got to watch this, you got to watch this shit too. Yeah, or hoping he just quits. I don't know. Get him coked up on the sideline. Whatever the hell he's doing <laughs> over there. That's fucking scary. Yeah, dude, that dude, he, he was fucking. It, it looked like a, it looked like a drug deal. The guy comes over, hands it over, and he's <laughs> yeah. just like looking around, and then goes and takes the sniff, and like, goes in the fucking pound town. I mean, I think it's a complete shit show, and I, I couldn't only imagine playing on the Jets. Any player on that team, like, no one wants to play on that team. Like, not only, not only you're playing at such a big market, like everyone's eyes are on you, and then it's just a complete shit show. From what everyone says about Adam Gase, like, he. Is just not a good coach to be around. I don't know. It's just I was really surprised he still has a job. Like it makes you feel like you could just apply for the Jets off a head coach position and you'd get it. You just got to be better than Gase, which at this point sounds like pretty easy. And speaking of Darnold too, I mean that that's almost what it seems like Gase does is like bottleneck players like to where they can't reach their full potential. And a lot of the stories coming out are that Darnold's actually a pretty good quarterback and Gase is the reason he's struggling. And, I mean, last night you saw, like, glimpses of how good Darnold can be. I mean, even in, like, his first game ever in the NFL, the guy, his first pass was a pick six, but he, like, rallied back and won and beat the Lions. So you, the guy does have potential. It's just the question is, is he inconsistent or is Gase the fault? He got hurt last night, too, and I don't, I don't know if it was his choice or Gase's choice, but he came back after his injury. Same thing happened with Le'Veon Bell in week one where Gase made him go back into the game. I don't know if he made him go back, but if you're running back, if your star running back is hurt and, you know, 
there's a probability you could get hurt even more going back into the game. I feel like you should probably think about the future and let him just sit out the game considering it's lost. Last night, Darnold went back in, and I think I saw reports today that he's got like a AC joint injury, and he's definitely going to be out for the next like two to three weeks. I truly don't get what the purpose of him staying there is, but the Jets have other plans, and maybe they're trying to tank for Trevor. I don't know. Yeah, if they do tank for Trevor, the question is if Darnold's going to be in New York or if he's going to be going elsewhere. It's going to suck if you know Gay stays there the whole year and doesn't let Darnold kind of put out any good film on him and his you know stock drops yeah for sure so i don't know what they're doing but i feel like this podcast is going to be known for just shitting on adam Gase. that's what it seems like but i feel like everyone in the entire nfl is doing that right now we're just kind of joining the circus we're just hopping on the trends well let's hop off of it let's talk about some quarterbacks I and mean, we touched on darnold but who is impressing you the most right now in the first, can you call it first third of the season? Yeah, quarter first, of the season? it's about to be the first quarter. Um, to me, I'm honestly going to go with Aaron Rodgers. He's been, I mean, for his age, and I think everybody is being like, oh, like he doesn't have the weapons around him and all this and that. Like it's not going to be a good year for him. And I kind of, I kind of fell into that little bit of that hype too. I really believe in Aaron Rodgers, but with all the reports coming out that him and like, the culture buddy heads, Jordan Love is there. They didn't pick up many weapons. I kind of fell into that trap of like, shit, maybe he's going to have a bad season. But I think he's proven everyone wrong right now. He's playing, an, I, to me right now, I think he's playing the best. And then I think the close second is Russell Wilson, just because he's putting up, I think he has like 14 touchdowns right now uh, coming into uh, the fourth week of the NFL, which is like an unreal stat. But to me, I think Aaron Rodgers, he's he's – to me right now, he's the number one quarterback. Yeah, that's hard to argue, uh, especially seeing that like his top receivers are just getting hurt, and he's still continuing to just sling it out there almost at will. Like He just does whatever he feels like doing, and it works. Yeah, you mentioned Russell. Uh, Russell <laughs> had like 14 or 15 touchdowns. I saw in last week's game against Dallas, they said he broke the record for most touchdowns through the first three weeks of the year, so he's pretty unbelievable too. I think, uh, I mean, he does have DK Metcalf, but I, I almost feel like he's carrying that entire team. When you see them play, it's it's like, I don't know if he's struggling to do it. It almost looks like he's just like willing them to win. Like they're not supposed to be winning and somehow he's making it happen. And what I saw at the end of the game last week, that guy's got some nuts. Like I think it was third down and like one or two. And he just dropped back and threw a bomb to either Metcalf or Lockett I think it was Metcalf at the end of the to game to win the game it was Metcalf yeah so I, I mean that's all you have to do is just get a couple yards most teams would just try to run some sort of crosses underneath to you know just get that one yard so you can run out the clock more and kick a field goal this guy's like no nah, I don't give a shit I'm just bombing this all the way to the end zone and it works like yeah talk about fucking yeah not giving a shit yeah yeah for sure uh that's why I mean he's definitely like my close second and the thing with russell wilson he's always snubbed and i'm kind of snubbing him now too but he's always snubbed in the mvp race if you look at the the uh seahawks since the legion of boom days their defense is not what it was you know and, and it is not what it is anymore and truth be told he had an off bad offensive line throughout all these years it's like that i think and i think that if which is not his fault it's almost a negative on him because he runs around so much and then randomly finds a wide open guy. And it's so unconventional. But in reality, when you break it down, the reason he's doing that is because 
he doesn't have the offensive line to protect him, so he has to run and make incredible plays. But it almost looks so like video game-like, where he's just running around back there. He finds somebody just randomly in the middle of the field, wide open, picking up huge chunks, which is a negative to the team because the offensive line can't protect him, and it's a positive. But somehow, it almost always looks like a negative because it doesn't look it doesn't look like your traditional NFL offense where he just drops back five steps, finds the guy, keeps it moving. So I feel like, to a, even though it's not his fault, it almost looks like it's just he's just playing backyard football. But it's really his skill that's allowing him to stay alive back there and find those guys, find DK Metcalf wide open, hit him in stride and stuff like that. So to me, he's definitely the close second. And if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, I would say probably weapons. Um, I mean, he has Devontae Adams, who's, who's been hurt, and he has uh, a good running back. But for his age and for everybody kind of doubting him in the beginning of the year, for the first quarter, I give it to Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, you can't really leave Mahomes out of the talk. Monday night was like, uh, you guys are going to rank me four. Like, there's three guys better than me. Like, really? So I respect that. I mean, he's definitely – I'd say he's the most fun to watch out of all of them. Uh, well, I, I guess that offense is the most fun to watch, and he's kind of the, the leader of it. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to count him out considering this guy's just unbelievable. Yeah, he's like you said, he's the funnest to play. Paired with Andy Reid, Andy Reid throws out these ridiculous formations, and it just works. You know, they just found that perfect harmony and perfect match for each other. Uh, like, for instance, Pat Mahomes really negates pass rushes because he takes like a 10 yard freaking drop and then just launches it 10 yard like 100 yards down the field and it's like you can't even do anything about it like um so he's definitely yeah you definitely can't count him out of the MVP race I would put him at third but I think right now Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson Pat Mahomes are are crushing the crushing the league right now kind of reminds me of um you were talking about Russell Wilson having a bad offensive line. It was a few years ago when I think like his left tackle and left guard got hurt and the defense just started like busting through. So their adjustment was pretty much just to make Russell Wilson just roll out to the right on every play and somehow it worked and they won. Some of these quarterbacks are just unbelievable how creative they get to, you know, compensate for possible flaws or unexpected, you know, holes in the game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Josh Allen has been one of those guys that's been in MVP talks. Uh, Bills are 3-0 and right now. And as biased as we may be, do you think Josh Allen is all that? Do you think he's a product of that Brian Dable offense and uh, Bill Burr at head coach? Yeah, I right now he, he's – I think he's second in the league in passing and I want to say he's second in touchdowns. So you can't deny the product he's put out there. You can't just sit completely say that he didn't hit a stride so far or that he's going to be just a complete boss or he's the old Josh Allen. Clearly, he's made changes in his mechanics, and the help of Stephon Diggs is clearly helping him get over that hump and hit his stride. Um, what When I watch him play, he is still really shaky in the pocket. So to me, right now, there's just a ton of blowouts there's a ton of high scoring games it almost looks like the no preseason somehow affected defenses or offenses are just at an all-time high right now knowing how to attack defenses good quarterback playing the league and it's just working but seeing these guys put up crazy numbers in the first four weeks is just kind of you know 
it's different for sure. So I don't know how much of that is because the defenses aren't under their feet yet. You know how much of that is because there's not a lot of film on players yet because of no preseason. All that going in. You can't deny Josh Allen's product and stats, but to me right now, he hasn't really faced a good defense for you to look at it and be like, okay, this is he's definitely improved. He played the Jets, which we all know is just not good. They're not a good football team from, from their first player to their last. And played the Miami Dolphins, who coming in, everyone thought the pass defense was going to be a strength, but they're still a rebuilding team. They have no pass rush. They still have a lot to make up for. And then he played the Rams. Again, Rams are a good offensive team. They're middle of the pack defense outside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. They don't really have much that you're scared about. And when you watch those games, it looks like he has a ton of protection which credits the offensive line. The scheme is allowing these players to be wide open versus him throwing people open. But again, I haven't watched enough football to like say that he's for sure turning the corner or that he's still the same old Josh Allen. From what I've seen, he's still pretty shaky in the pocket. I feel like once he gets tested is when you'll know if he turned the corner or not. And as of right now, I don't think he's really been tested. I mean, looking ahead, they play the Raiders this week, which questionable. They do play the Titans, assuming the Titans can feel the team. The week after and then the Chiefs so I think the Titans and the Chiefs are going to give them a good test but then they go back to the Jets again yeah I mean I, I do agree that you can't deny that this guy's been tearing up the league right now I think watching him play he's definitely um, put into situations where he can find the open guy and that's all he has to do is just take what's given to him find the open guy I mean Cole Beasley is getting open when that's you know and this guy's one of your best receivers. You know it's not off of talent alone. But at the same time, he's taking a lot of risks too. There are a lot of passes that could have been picked off that he just gets lucky that the defense sucks. I mean, Miami had a few passes that were right in their hands and they dropped them. And I mean, credit to Buffalo receivers too. They've been doing a great job. So not to take away from Josh Allen, I think – it's a combination of both. I think he's definitely progressed over to since his first and second year. But I think at the same time, he's got the perfect pieces around him and the perfect offensive system for him to succeed. So I think this week he'll, uh, he'll probably have another great week. But after that, the next two are going to be real tests of to see if he's really all that or, you know. Yeah, I definitely think so. And, yeah, I think, I mean, the Raiders are middle-of-the-pack defense. And, and, yeah, he really hasn't been tested that much. But he has left a lot of plays on the field, like you said. Some picks, some of those plays could have for sure been interceptions. Uh, He had, I think, two or three against Miami that were, like, definitely could have been interceptions. Like, they just completely, they just dropped the ball. It wasn't like whatever. He had that that the actual only pick he threw was a really questionable call by the referee. So I don't know. It's interesting. Oh right, last yeah, week. Yeah, against the Rams. So it's it's interesting to yeah. see where it goes, where he goes throughout the season. Like right now, I don't know. I just he's definitely turning the corner. He's definitely better than he was last year. But it just almost feels like it's gonna come crashing down. But that may that maybe that's just because of the past and what you've seen in the past and maybe he definitely turned a corner but he's playing good football right now i don't think you can deny it but it's all about consistency so we'll see uh chicago's got a new man your boy uh big dick nick took over and led to another atlanta falcons meltdown and i mean the next day 
Nagy said Foles is the guy going forward. How long do you expect him to stay there? I think he's going to stay there for the rest of the season, regardless of what happens with him, even if he completely shits his pants. Once you move on from Strabisky, you're, you know, number one pick uh, for that 2017 draft. Once you once you move past that, unless Nick Foles is injured, I just don't see Mitch Trubisky coming back at all. I think that was their way of saying, okay, let's move forward. Like, we're done with you. We gave you a chance, and you kept messing it up. So that's it. You're done. You're benched unless Nick Foles is injured or whatever. So I think Mitch, I think Mitch time in Chicago is done. Yeah, because I think the coaches looked at his record and were like, okay, you're undefeated, but you're not actually fucking undefeated. Like, we could have lost easily these uh, first three weeks if it wasn't for a meltdown uh, by DeAndre Swift and a meltdown by the Falcons. That could have definitely lost that one, too. So, yeah, I think Mitch, I mean, even in that game, like, he wasn't playing brutally, like, bad. He wasn't throwing picks and shit, like... He was just wasn't hitting the receivers where he was supposed to hit him. They're like, let's get Nick Foles in there. We're definitely going to lose this one and see what he can do. Nick Foles comes and plays well. Got lucky a little bit, but that happens in the NFL. And, yeah, I think he's done. I think he's out. I I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Nick Foles go through what he did in Jacksonville, I guess, quarterback-wise, where he came back and just couldn't really do it, so Minshew took over. So I think... He'll probably he'll probably play for the next maybe four weeks, and if he can't produce the way he did last week, I think uh, they'll give Trubisky kind of another shot almost. But just realizing that the season's kind of over, I think they'll probably just kind of throw him in there to finish it off. Yeah, I mean the thing with Minshew and Foles last year is Minshew was actually putting together a good game. So when it came to Nick Foles being the starter for them. It was still up in the air. I was like, dude, do we start the hot hand who's playing well, or do we go back to the guy we paid $88 million for because Tom Coughlin decided to overpay the shit out of him? So all that money invested to him, they're like, obviously they kind of forced the hand, and then Minshew played a bad game against the Texans, the bye week, they're like, all right, let's put Nick Foles in there. Let's see what we can do. He completely shit the bed, and they're like, all right, we just got to go back with Minshew because Foles, is just, like, Foles was playing absolutely awful when he came in for the Jags. So... So for me, I see a little bit different because I see Minshew as like a promising rookie and like, hey, he played pretty well and maybe he shouldn't have lost his job versus Mitch Trubisky's had time and time over again to put together a good season, put together good games. He hasn't. Finally, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the GM, were like, all right, that's it. We're going Foles and we're leaving that in the past. So to me, barring injury, I think Foles stays in as a starter. But I mean, when... uh. When Foles came back in Jacksonville, how many games did he start? Just Three. one or two? Yeah. Three? Uh, yeah. Because I was going to say, he probably, he'll probably be in the same situation here in Chicago, just have a longer leash. But especially if it's like a, if they can tell it's going to be a failed season afterwards. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he played the rest of the year, especially if he keeps doing good. I just feel like he's the kind of quarterback that, comes in and wins games rather than starts and consistently can win. Yeah, that's games. that's been his MO since he's been in the league. The guy the other than that one year in Philly with the Chip Kelly offense, he just he always comes in, he's always prepared as the backup. 
He always gives you a spark, and he can win you a few games. He's like that typical perfect backup QB. I don't ever see him leading a team to the playoffs, being a starter for the full season. But, you know, kudos to him for winning this job, and let's see where he goes. Speaking of winning or not winning, it seems like victory continues to evade Joe Burrow. Do you think uh, it'll last this week too? Uh, it could be more fitting that he tied with the Philadelphia Eagles just to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars for his first NFL victory. I can't tell you as a Jags fan how many times we've I've seen something like that where it's like, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, you know, hasn't beat the Jaguars since 1915, and then he beats them. You know, like I can't tell you how many rookies get their first win against us, how many – Kickers get their first gaming win against us. How many corners get their first pick six against the Jaguars? Like, it just feels like, as a Jaguars fan, you're just waiting for that, you know, for them to set their record or precedent, whatever. So I actually predicted the Bengals to win this game because I don't trust Jacksonville's defense, and Joe Burrow's been putting up good games. Overall, Jacksonville has a better roster and less glaring holes than the Bengals but it's just way too fitting for him to not win at all until he faced Jacksonville. So I took, I'm taking the Bengals for this one. Yeah. It it almost seems like you don't want other players to have like streaks of something that, you know, against Jacksonville where they're like, Oh yeah, this guy hasn't thrown an interception or this cornerback hasn't gotten an interception in two years. And then you're like, Oh, he plays Jacksonville. Of course he's going to get a pick. You don't want guys coming off of streaks especially bad ones, you know, against Jacksonville. Yeah, it's like it's inevitable as a Jacks fan it happens. You just you just watch those guys get whatever heck, whatever streak they had just totally go down the fucking flames. Like Jacksonville lost in the 2017 year uh, when they went to the AFC Championship, they lost to fucking Blaine Gabbert, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you knew going into that game because he was like the worst quarterback for in Jaguars history, you know the Jaguars going to that game were going to fucking lose. Yeah. Like, that's how bad these fucking stupid streaks are and shit. That's why I'm like, I just can't, I just can't, ha- I just can't go against Burrow this week because of, you know, Jacksonville's omen. I don't know what the hell they even call it. Uh, wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo, his first start was uh, against Jacksonville with uh, the 49ers? Wasn't it something with Jimmy G? No, it wasn't, it wasn't his first start, but he was the first guy to really crack that 2017 defense code. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He yeah, he just like crushed him. I don't I don't it wasn't his first start though, but um yeah, he crushed him. Or maybe like his first win as a 49er. It could have been. I don't remember. Um, all right, so the Titans got themselves a situation. I know when a situation. A situation, yeah. Sanitation. Um when we were going to record this podcast earlier in the week, I was going to bring up the fact that they only had like three players that tested positive for COVID. And every day it seems like they just keep adding more and more. So I think they're up to like seven players and like five personnel now, or it might even be more than that. What's your uh, thought on that? I mean, their game this week is going to be postponed to week seven and just going to fuck up all kinds of shit as far as the scheduling is concerned. Yeah, I don't know if they went about it the best way, but I truly don't know what other way they guess they could have. To me personally, it's like, okay, if you went and got covid uh, and you went and tested positive, you lost seven players. 
then you're just going to have to play that game with those seven players not playing. Before the season, I think everybody knew that was that was going to happen eventually. Somebody was going to get it. One or two, like for instance, the Falcons they play without AJ Terrell. He had it. He was on the reserve COVID list or whatever. They didn't play with him, and it's like it's almost like all right, tough luck. Like, what can you do? Like he caught it. Maybe he was around someone. Maybe he he wasn't careful. I don't know. Maybe he was careful and he happened to get it. You can't control that. So for the Titans, it, it, it fucks up. It's like, what did Pittsburgh do to almost kind of get, not only say get punished, but I don't know how else to say it, but they didn't do anything wrong. So it's like, why can't they play that Sunday to not fuck up their schedule and fuck up their routine because the Titans fucked up. And to me, it's like, all right, they just have to go into that game. As long as they could field two teams, they have to go in with that disadvantage because I think everyone knew in this season that was going to happen because there was eventually going to be a star player or something like that, a starter who got it, and they had to be played without him. So it wasn't like this is coming out of nowhere. It's almost like an injury, right? If if Ryan Tannehill tears his ACL, Derrick Henry tears his ACL, he's out for the season or sprains his, let's not even say for like, an ACL tear because that's the first season. Let's just say for two weeks, whatever the precautions they have to take. So like an MCL sprain, he's out for two weeks. And you just play without Ryan Tannehill. So really, what is the difference? And why shake up everything? Unless they think that if they play this Sunday, then it's going to spread even more. I don't know. So, yeah, I do think. So my initial thought was, well, why don't you just quarantine these three players and five personnel or whatever and just go on? Um, which I think is what they were going to do. But I think the problem is more and more players kept testing to the point where they're not really sure who has it anymore, like who hasn't, you know, on whose test it hasn't shown up yet. So I think that's that's the biggest issue is like people keep getting it that didn't previously have it. And they can't just quarantine those three guys. They have to quarantine all of these people. And they're like they might field somebody on Sunday or Monday because they were initially going to postpone it to Monday. They might field somebody that has it, and it might spread to the Steelers, might spread to the rest of the team. So I think that's the reason it's getting pushed further into the season, so that these people, this whole team, could essentially be quarantined for two weeks, I guess. Yeah, I just think it's a situation that the NFL was just hoping not to run into. I think they were just hoping that everyone just remain negative because there really is no perfect situation, I guess, to handle this. And I don't know. I mean, I think everyone knowing in, no one, everyone going in knew there was a possibility and knew there was going to be some disadvantages. So I guess that could be the case. They're worried about it spreading more or people keep getting tested. But it's interesting. I guess we'll see how it affects the season. But like when it happened, I initially thought like just quarantine those people and you play without it. If you don't get to practice for that whole week, then whatever, man, you're shit out of luck and you just got to chalk it up as, you know, out of your control. I think the Titans were kind of ready for that. I mean, they were saying the facilities are going to be shut down until Saturday and, you know, we're still going to play Sunday or Monday. But I think the fact that more people started testing positive is what really messed things up. Because, yeah, my initial thought was, like, why even shut down the facilities? Like, just quarantine these three people the way Terrell was uh, 
quarantined and just go on about it. But I think the fact that more and more positive tests are coming out is what pushed it back. And this is kind of, I think the NFL did prepare for something like this. So I guess this is a best case scenario if the positive tests keep escalating. Um, is just to move it back further in the season. I just think for both teams it sucks because your bye week is week three. So now you have 13 more games once you come back from the bye week, and that's just that's not going to be good for the rest of the season. Your guys don't kind of get that rest that they, that they normally would. And even if you do make the playoffs, your guys are going to be so exhausted unless you kind of get that first bye week in the playoffs. It's going to be very detrimental to your team having such an early bye, early bye week. Reminds me of when Miami, I think it was against Tampa, that they had a hurricane down in Florida where they couldn't play the opening game. So both Miami and Tampa just had to play pretty much without a bye week for the whole year. They didn't have like an opening game and just played the rest of the season out. And both teams just did horrible that season. Yeah, having an early bye week like that definitely messes with, yeah, like you said, your team's recovery because you kind of, it's like still too early in the season. Like usually teams like that eight week bye week or like a later bye week so they can get more rest and, you know, prepare for the playoffs or whatever is needed. But yeah, early bye week definitely messes up both teams. And I mean, for instance, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like they, you know, you can only, I mean, not to say that Titans somehow broke protocol or something, they did something stupid, but let's just say that is the case because tighten up or whatever the hell they say. Um, they weren't following their own mantra over there. Then Pittsburgh kind of, you know, gets that early bye week. It kind of gets, like I said, almost a little bit punished, and you're like, geez, we didn't even do anything. So it's just a city situation, but it was an inevitable one. It was going to happen eventually, and good thing it happened to the Titans so Jacksonville could capitalize on it. <laughs> Yeah, and you kind of, during your bye week, you kind of have time to evaluate how the first part of the season's going and how you want to, you know, attack the latter half of the season. There's not really much to evaluate here. You don't really know how good you did, given the fact that you only played three games, if how you want to change things up going forward. So for both teams, and yeah, like you said, it really sucks for Pittsburgh because they did everything right and, you know, broke... And I mean, I'm not saying the Titans did anything wrong either because it almost seems like it was the bus driver that, not to blame them, but I don't know. Did you see the story from coughing on people? Yeah. Well, the same bus driver also drove for the Houston Astros. He drove them back from their playoff game and he tested positive. So they canned his ass. (laughs) Oh, geez. Uh, I didn't read that far into it, but man, my my man's don't give no fucks. Yeah, I know. Uh, So yeah, that's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out if more people test positive I wonder what's going to happen if people keep testing positive like into the next week like if this gets gets worse yeah i mean i feel like they're definitely not prepared for that <laughs> like i don't think they're definitely prepared for players continuously testing positive they'd probably have to shut down the nfl for like a week or two or something oh you mean yeah, yeah just no games for a whole weekend i was gonna ask do you think if it comes to it because right now it is only contained within the titans so it's not really other teams like it, none of the vikings players tested mm-hmm. positive so they don't have to worry about missing games at least right now but if this does become more widespread do you see some teams like the titans now do you see them kind of having to forfeit games not forfeit but not play them and then just kind of have to go over go 
decide playoffs based on winning percentage? Or do you think it'll be more likely that the NFL will just make sure nobody plays for a whole week and then go from there? I think it'll be more likely that the NFL just decides to shut down for a week or two until, you know, it's back to normal. Because for them to go off winning percentages and they're going to be like, oh, it just seems almost like too much work and almost unfair to some teams. So I think they just kind of shut down for a week or two and treat it as a shorter season. Oh, so you – well – I think they would if they shut down for a week or two. I think they would just postpone the games a couple of weeks. I don't think they would shorten up the season. It could be because I I was read, reading somewhere that the after the Super Bowl they like rented out the field or they rented out like something over in Tampa, I believe, where they're holding the Super Bowl uh, an extra month after the actual Super Bowl was supposed to be played. Almost with anticipation that, hey, if we have to postpone games, we're going to wind up having the Super Bowl in March instead of February type thing. So it could be that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see how it plays. I could definitely see that happening, too. Instead of treating it like a shorter season, they're just like, all right, let's postpone this a whole week or two and then get back to where it was. Yeah, I think I think that's more likely because then you still give all the teams an equal opportunity to play you know, uh, all your division games and non-division games because it wouldn't be fair for, like, to have one team play two really good teams in a division and another team play two shitty teams in a division and being like, well, yeah, you know, you guys made the playoffs, but you played, like, the shitty part of, you know, the opposing division. Yeah. When they sure. have, like, cross-divisional and cross-conference play. For sure. Yeah, so that's that's going to be fun to see if they can keep it contained in Tennessee and – you know, eradicate it there. Or what would happen if another team uh, tests positive and they can't, you know, they had the same situation as Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like how many games can they actually keep moving back yeah. before they have to, like, take a Yeah, because chances, chances are this isn't going to be the only time it happens. So we'll see what happens. Right. All right, well, that's pretty much it for this week. Are you ready to get into next week's previews? Let's do it. did really good last week actually you even got your two-point conversion damn fucking right uh i mean i chose i chose a risky one for my two points so but uh yeah i i shit myself and you caught up man one fucking week i see what happens it's all i need uh so let's see this week your first game is the baltimore ravens at the washington football team uh i'm going ravens that one's pretty easy i think they bounce back from beating the or losing to the chiefs Washington football team is Dwayne Haskins isn't playing iffy. They just lost to the Browns, so give me the Ravens for that one. Yeah, it's Chase Young back yet, do you know? Uh, I think I he's he still got injured. Hurt last yeah, game. I think he's still injured. Yeah. My first one is the Chargers at the Bucks. I really want to pick the Bucks here. Kind of ride the hot hand. The Chargers lost to the Panthers. Yeah, I think they uh they lose another one here in the East to the Bucks. So I'm going to go with Tampa. Your next game, Seahawks at the Dolphins. Oh, I think that's kind of another easy one. Uh, are Seahawks traveling to the Miami? Yes, I believe it's in Miami. Ooh, so that's like, I think it's going to be a closer game because of that long travel, but the way uh, Rumpelstiltskin has been playing, Miami's office doesn't scare me enough to put up that many points on Seattle's weak defense. 
So I'm going with the I'm going with the Seahawks. Hawks. Uh, my next game is the Vikings at the Texans. Vikings blew a lead last week against mm-hmm. the Titans. So did I was watching Texans. that game. Texans blew a lead against the Titans. No, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, did, oh yeah, they did. Yeah, I remember you messaging me, telling me uh, what kind of shit is this. But yeah, I, well, the Texans don't have a running ba- running game like Tennessee does. No, it actually was Ryan Tannehill because in a matter of like two minutes, the Titans just caught up. Yeah, I just, I just don't think the Texans have the firepower to keep up like the Titans did. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Vikings. They're gonna have to win one of these times, so I'm, I'm gonna go with them. That, that was a shitty explanation of why, but they're gonna win. All right, you got the Saints at the Lions. Ooh, that one's interesting too. Lions just beat the Cardinals, which are some say is up a coming team. Oh. Is Michael Thomas back? Uh, Michael Thomas is still out. He's probably determined. No, nope, he's still injured. Damn it! I think that I think that messes with. You know, I'm gonna go on a whim here. No, I'm not. I'm going with the I'm going with the <laughs> Saints. Alvin Kamara is too good. I'm going with the Saints. Yeah. All right, I got the Browns at the Cowboys. Browns are getting hot, and the Cowboys I feel like are just underperforming for the talent that they have on that team. Um. I know if I pick the Browns, they're gonna. I, I feel like whatever team I pick here is gonna lose. So I'm gonna pick the Cowboys because I want them to lose. There you go. So your next game is Colts at Bears. I'm gonna go with Colts. I don't. I don't believe that uh, Nick Foles' led team is gonna take it. Even though there's not a lot of film on them, Colts are coming off two back-to-back wins. Let me go with the Colts on this one. The Colts, yeah. Oh, so I have the Jaguars at the Bengals is what I wanted. I wanted to pick this game because I picked the Jaguars to beat the Colts in week one, and I'm going to pick them to beat the Bengals this week. It seems like whenever I pick them, it comes true, so I'm going to pick the Jaguars. I appreciate that. So you have the Cardinals at the Panthers. I think Cardinals bounce back. They beat the Panthers. Panthers haven't been that impressive at all this year. Teddy Breeze, Teddy B's hanging in there. Got his head held up high, but give me the uh, Cardinals. My next game is the Giants at the Rams. Yeah, the Giants have been struggling. Man, the Giants lost to a team of backups last week. Yeah, That's that how bad they are. I was thinking about that, and like the 49ers essentially fielded their B team. They got, <laughs> they got Jordan Reed hurt and still managed to beat the Giants, so... There, it's it's going to be hard to pick them in this game. I'm going to have to go with the Rams. Good call. Uh, all right, you got the Buffalo Bills at the Raiders. Um, spider to wide banana for the, the game-winning touchdown. I'm going Raiders. Yeah, hopefully there's no uh, pass interference penalties on that one. My last game is the Patriots at the Chiefs. Uh, earlier in the podcast, I talked about how sick Patrick Mahomes is. And I'm not going to turn my back on him, even though I did last week in fantasy. Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, it makes it the regular games. What about Sunday night football? Is the Eagles at the 49ers? Give me the Eagles on this one. I I think Carson Wentz is finally going to – he's going to get one out there. He's going to win. Eagles are totally shit their pants hard as fuck. 
but I think that they'll overcome the 49ers B team and they'll take this one. Give me give me Carson Wentz and his hair dye for the win. Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers on this one because, yeah, like I said, they, they beat the Giants with a B team. I don't think the Eagles are that much better, although Carson Wentz really, like I talked about Russell Wilson, you know, carrying his team. Carson Wentz definitely carries the Eagles. He just can't carry him in any wins. Last week, he pretty much did everything just to get him to overtime and keep it tied. Uh, did you want to go for two with the Monday night game? Yeah, I'm going for two. All right, that's the Falcons at the Packers. Oh, do the Falcons have another meltdown? I don't think it's close enough for a meltdown, so I'll give it to the Packers. Yeah, I'll give it to the Packers, too. I don't think the Falcons are going to be in it at all. Uh, they do get Julio Jones back, but I don't think it's enough. Yeah, because even when they get a lead at this game, everyone's going to be shaking in their boots. So, I mean... What was it, last year's opening Monday night game or Sunday night game when uh, Rodgers got hurt and still came back? And I don't know, it was a couple of years ago. When Rodgers got hurt, still came back after halftime and just tore up the Chicago Bears defense. The Falcons are nothing yeah. compared to Chicago. Yeah, so I think Rodgers is playing really well. Falcons are coming off some really bad losses, so give me the packs. Are, they're 0-3, right? Yeah. Do you think Dan Quinn's job is on the line if they catch that all on Monday? Uh, think, no, uh, just because it's a short week. I mean, he probably stays until the bye week, and then they can his ass. All right, well, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Did you want to touch on anything else? No, that's pretty much it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Moose Bros Podcast. If you want to hear more of us, please follow us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else podcasts are played. Uh, also follow us on YouTube if you just want to see clips and don't want to listen through the whole thing. And feel free to follow our social media at Moose Bros, Hancho Harris, and Armin Moose. Thank you.